Three, two, one. We're live, bud. How you doing, man? Good, brother. Good, good, good. Cannot complain. Played some D and D last night. I hear. Oh, yeah. nice. Tell me about it. What happened? What'd you do? Well, uh, basically, this was the final session to wrap up uh, the major story arc mm -hmm. uh, of our campaign. We've been doing Storm King Center for a long ass time. It's been basically. Uh, a lot of homebrew variations in there. Uh, they've really been taking a lot of time with a lot of backstory stuff. So uh, they've had a lot of fun with it, uh, but they defeated the big bad Emrith uh, previous session last week. And then last night, uh, we do a weekly game every Thursday night. Um, they had to basically get out and mm -hmm. uh, they had two bodies with them that they had to take with them. Uh, no, no spoilers uh, for those of you who are doing Storm King Sunder. Um, but basically they had to go get another one of their people that they came there with and they're mm. in a separate chamber and it's this massive, uh, it was like a hatchery for purple wormlings. Oh, and, uh, damn. I, it was, yes, it was a pretty cool situation. And there is like a hundred goblins. And, uh, the way that I kind of illustrated it is, uh, the party had gotten separated and the storm giant that they were with went to this chamber and they went to the other chamber to fight off Eve and just got separated in the fray of it. Mm -hmm. So whenever they walked into this chamber, she had a, uh, some sort of a silence spell she had cast to keep herself quiet to not attract the purple worms, um, which now that I think of it doesn't make sense because they've got tremor sense, but whatever. Um, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, loopholes. Yeah. Nobody called me out about it last night, so whatever. Uh, but essentially she had fallen into this chamber from the ceiling uh, above and that's where the, the gargoyles were out there trying to come in, uh, come in from above. So she had oh, cast sweet. a spell to, to hold them at bay. And she is basically doing that and holding out until the party could make their way to them. And, uh, of course, the party made their way in and had a pretty cool build set up. Uh, I was super proud of it. Um, and I was mentioning to you before we started, I don't sleep that great sometimes uh, during the week. So, But I, I love it because uh, it's like when I'm the most creative. So yeah. I did like my campaign notes. I used a little bit of crafting and uh, I didn't have any purple wormling miniatures. I don't know if they make any of those. So uh, I made my own. So this is actually something that I built for the pit. Oh, uh, it damn, looks very phallic. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't realize <laughs> it until uh, afterwards, but you got these like little purple wormlings with their uh, bloody mouths open. And I oh, put some shit. like rocks around the, uh, the head up their heads i guess that's what you're gonna call it for like their serrated teeth Damn. and like, purple worms have like that white goop and i use a, a glue gun uh and I, you can see like these skulls that are in there uh they're actually from like some mardi gras beads that i got from an event in tampa here um i put them down put some mod podge on them spray painted them uh, uh primed them and then went through and painted them dude so that's some, like it, gourd man. guts and then, of course, I had to make some actual, like, purple worm leans. Yeah, of course. Either. of course. So I basically made these, like, little skewers. And, okay, okay. Uh, put hot glue around them and, like, stuck them into these little pieces of, uh, of pink foam. Damn. I'm up real quick. There's That's about, like, legit, dude. Yeah, like 10 of these things running around. Holy shit. So it was really cool. You see, and that's the type of stuff, man, I mean... I see, and, and for the folks at home listening to this, um, you know, you've heard Cameron before on different variations. We, you know, Cameron and I, it's funny and it's ironic. We don't, we've never met in person. We haven't met in person just yet. 
but we have pretty casual conversations as if we have and we've known each other for a while. And, you know, I talk to the audience a lot about you and the D&D Coalition. I've met a lot of my friends from the D&D Coalition. And, you know, for the folks listening right now, you know, Cameron has been not only a huge friend, but a supporter of the Bearded Nerd Crew. As you may see or know from his images, he too has a great beard and is therefore part of the Bearded Nerd Crew by just that association. But no, but with all kidding aside, I mean, Cameron, you, you've been with the D, you, you're the mind behind the D&D Coalition. You brought folks together. Um, for, the, for those in the audience who haven't heard just yet of your story, because again, I share a lot of your stuff. You know, I, I talk a lot about the, on the show about the cool things that we've done through the, the coalition. Do you mind explaining a little bit to the audience what the D&D Coalition is at heart? Sure. Uh, so I guess I'll paraphrase Anthony from Investigation Check of what him and I were at a coffee. He's actually here, lives here in Tampa. And uh, he used the term, it is a curation of creatives. Hmm. And you know, how it really all got started was um, I was making a lot of content for my, for my D&D game, my home hmm. game. And uh, to be 100% transparent, I felt like they were very underappreciative of some of the things I was doing and like, you know, the, the terrain that I go to lengths to build and, and, you know, what have you. And uh, I, I wasn't resentful by any means, but I, I wanted to like share that with somebody and like someone just mm-hmm. be like goggling over it, you know, like, oh, that's yeah. cool. And then I just started posting stuff to Instagram, and, uh, have a little bit of knowledge about Instagram, you know, worked with some businesses uh, helping their online strategies for, you know, virtual storefronts and what have you. Um, and it just kind of took off. And uh, as I would meet people within the community, you know, fellow creatives that would uh, also make content, you know, invest time in their brands and uh, kind of take the content creation um, beyond just a hobby. And, you know, they want to share it with the audience and, you know, put their stuff out there on social media or just the internet in general uh, for better or for worse. And I, essentially just wanted to, I met all these great, awesome people and mm-hmm. I just wanted those great, awesome people to be able to meet each other. Yeah. And then, so thus started the coalition, which yeah. is just this ever growing group of creatives. Yeah. I mean, you created a network of people, man. You, you've created a network of people to meet and talk and, and hang out, game together. It, you've created that a bit, but you know, you've created that ability for content creators and for others in the, in the D and D community and the hobby. And I feel like, you know, I don't know about you. Sometimes I feel like being, you know, calling ourselves content creators and a lot of other people's views, it's a bit of a reeducation because they see content creator and they think, Oh, well, they're just trying to monetize from the hobby. And yeah, I mean, it's a, we're in a $7.2 billion industry. Those are facts, but we're content creators because we love this hobby. You know, this hobby in some way has helped us go through something in life or just is an awesome ass hobby. Like, I'm sorry, tabletop gaming. I'd rather, I'd rather spend hundreds of dollars table, you know, doing tabletop gaming, you know, activities, going to conventions, than spending hundreds of dollars going to a bar. Right. You know, that, that's just me. So what's the difference in that aspect, right? What's the difference in, in, in that perspective? But something that, I'm, that I know that you've done a lot too is you have really built others up. And 
one thing that I, I admire about that is your willingness to build others up. So, you know, with that being said, like, how do you, like, how do you perceive tabletop, like the tabletop community right now? Because Instagram, I feel like we've met a lot of cool people, Dan, you know, the Inked Mage, you know, Epic Gym, like all these awesome creators. And then there's other social media places, let's say, that are just really, they're assholes to say the least. They're very toxic. How, how do you see that playing out right now? You know, it's, I always grew up with like the, the, the saying, and my parents would always kind of say this to me, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah. And for uh, someone who has, uh, I guess, vomit mouth, like I need to say things all the time. Like mm -hmm. I just incessant need to talk and make noises and blah, blah, blah. It's, uh, it's, I've always tried to take that to heart. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's the same thing when it comes to social media is yes, of course there's assholes everywhere. There's assholes in the Instagram community, yep. in the Facebook community, Twitter, sure. YouTube, whatever. And that is inevitable. That's going to be anywhere you go for always Absolutely. and for the, the remainder of time. And I guess the thing that you can do is control how you perceive that mm -hmm. and limit your exposure to it. Yeah. And just, you can always control how you respond to things like that yeah uh, Jocko uh, the, the Jocko mm. podcast Jocko Willenick he's uh, I love that dude he's a pretty per, he's pretty it. rad dude pretty uh extreme if, if um, the audience doesn't know Jocko I would highly recommend after this episode obviously go listen to the Jock go go subscribe to Jocko Willink. like he is former Navy SEAL he's a badass dude yeah. is badass like you look at his Instagram profile like Black and white, he takes a picture, 434 or 430, something around that time every it's crazy. morning. And, but, but he has a saying, and it's uh, stifle your emotions. Yep. Yep. And he has this like whole spiel on it. You can actually just look it up. It's a, it's a pretty interesting listen. Um, and it's part of the message. It's that the part of the message isn't trying to portray like if you have emotions, uh, you know, hold them in, don't let them out. That's not what he's saying. Mm -hmm. He's saying, don't let the little shit get to you. Yep. So if you're hangry, you know, if, you know, when you're hungry and you're hangry, like shut the hell up yep. and hold that inside. That, that emotion does not need to be released. It's, it's and, part of stoicism. That's at the end, he's a stoic. And if, and as part of a philosophy, it's, Marcus Aurelius, if you know, if you don't know Stoicism, just Google Stoicism. Um, he's a Stoic, and that's where it comes from. Like he, he legit is one of those people that said that thinks logically at all times. Yeah, and so you know, bringing it back to social media, if somebody says something that you just like, oh, I didn't like that. Well, okay, don't don't feed into it. That's what yeah. they want you to do. Just mm -hmm. brush off your back. Or, you know, thank them for their input. Maybe they actually had some truth to the nasty comment that they left or the nasty tweet that they sent, whatever. Maybe you take that for data. Data is always a good thing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, sometimes that person might be completely off the rocker and out of place, but uh, sometimes there might be some merit to some of the harsh feedback or cynicism. For sure, man. And I think we've, I've gotten comments before, man. I've got, I mean, I think we've all gotten some weird ass comments or some nasty comments. And, you know, I think about it and I try to be not only 
compassionate and empathetic, but I try to think and be reflective and say, well, shit, like, is this, did I do something to cause this? And if, you know, maybe, maybe they, there is some truth into this, but I yeah. don't take it, you know, internally. Um, and, and I feel like with the Dean, with the tabletop community, the D and D community at the moment, like there, it's such a place where I also, I, and again, it's in every community, dude, you know, this, like there's, there's, a, there's assholes everywhere, but it's yeah. how we react and, and, and really how we should respond to them. Um, because we should be a place of inclusivity, right? We should be a place where people can come in, hang out, game, do whatever, not be judged. But there's always going to be those people that slip in, right? And we have yeah. to learn how to respond to that. Um, but, you know, since you've, again, dude, since you've created the D&D Coalition and you've created this huge network, what are some of the benefits that you've seen um, in building communities like this, you know, not only through the D&D Coalition, but maybe at home in your local area, how do you see it being a positive effect on, on a community? So <clears throat> for me, the biggest part of it is I am going to do these things regardless. I'm going to play D and D. I'm going to, you know, Absolutely. craft things. Uh, you know, I'm going to still continue to do what I do because I like doing it. And if me putting that out there, someone can get, you know, joy value. Mm -hmm. uh, if they can get inspiration from it or motivation, um, that's it. That's it. Like that's literally it. Um, so for me, it's just the fact that I can put this stuff out there and people love it and yeah. they're receptive to it and they're grateful for it. Like that's everything. And, Word. uh, you know, I, uh, I'm actually a very, so I'm a super extroverted, but then, uh, like eight, 90% of the time, but then like that 10% of the time, I'm actually super introverted mm -hmm. and um i guess kind of i need to i need that time to like recharge my batteries and so uh, i don't really whenever i'm creating i create a lot and i, I work a lot but whenever i have my downtime like i i'm not going through looking at comments i'm not uh you know watching live streams i'm not um you know doing other things that are like D, D related i'm like really just kind of decompressing yeah for sure so um, and I kind of feel bad because like, I love engaging with the community and everything, but sometimes just a lot. Yeah. And it takes a lot of energy to, to create content. And, you know, you know that as well. And it's time consuming. And so sometimes when you finish that post, you know, finish that magic item, or you know, finish that project that you're working on, you just want to like sit back and just relax and just enjoy other people enjoying it. You, as you should, like, you know, so like, the current form of media, which is, you know, social media, as we know it, like it should not be, there's a balance between it, you know, like I love, I, I love the Instagram community that we, that I've been able to be a part of. Right. I've been, I've had so much fun, you know, meeting people and meeting individuals, you know, Jason from critical dice, longtime friend and fellow beard enthusiast, if I might add, um, you know, all the folks that I've met, right. Uh, lady tiefling, like all, and again, all these people y'all should check out. But at the end of the day, I, I feel you dude, like you should be able to sit down on the couch with, you know, with your, uh, with that loved one, whoever it may be, or with your family, whatever. And you should just relax. You know what I mean? Cause the community is never, it's not going anywhere, but 
you're, you're also, when, when you're interacting with people, you're actively building that community up. You don't necessarily have to just, you know, 24 seven, I gotta be here, I gotta be here. You know, I gotta, you know, run, 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 run. Like you, you can't do that. You're gonna, your, your head's gonna explode. Like, and I see that sometimes with the D&D, um, well, what I've seen what you've done with the D&D Coalition is that you've united content creators who are actively building the community in a way. You know what I'm saying? Like you've done that. And it's, it's also, you know, there's only so much you can do that other people, you know, you can't force something on uh, some, someone in the audience or someone in, in regards to the community. That's, that's always a big thing um, that I feel a lot of content creators and developers have in their mind. It's like, how can I continue progressing forward? How can I continue this? Because um, as we know, things change, obviously, like, um, and we've talked about this before. We've been playing D&D for a while, and we've seen a lot of the change. Um, but you've been playing since 3.5, correct? Or yeah. before? Yeah, 3.5 is whenever we started. Um, yeah, yeah. so you've seen change, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you said something uh, that kind of made you think of something. Uh, so this might not be popular opinion um but i think sometimes like you you said something uh, on the lines of twitter Mm -hmm. i think sometimes the reason why twitter so can be such that like harsh you know environment is because i feel like a lot of people that are on twitter don't do that downtime like they're constantly wound up and in the know and you know refreshing the news feed and uh, always coming on everything and this might be you know this might be totally inappropriate to say but um, I feel like no they just like, you. I, I feel like it's, it just needs to calm down. Like just love each other. Like, you know, just let that tweet go by. You don't got to respond to every single tweet that you see. No, and, not at all. Uh, and that's actually, that's a big part of why I really do like the Instagram community over the Twitter communities. Um, it's just a lot more positive. I feel the same way about Reddit, dude. Like Reddit. Oh yeah. Reddit is terrible. Reddit is like, I remember I posted something and or when I first started, I said, Hey guys, you know, can you please help me out? Thinking like, this is like, dude, I got my ass torn in by a bunch of people. And I was just like, Holy crap. Like I took it down and I know I try, I try not to take things down, but I took it down. Cause I said, Holy crap. Like I'm never going to hear the end of this. There's a, so it was probably like a little over a year ago or something. It was like one of when I was first building up my page and I did a post that was like, uh, there's a picture of me with like some D and D tips or something. I used it. I made it using Canva. It was right when I first started making content mm-hmm. and, um, it was like just some general tips for people to, to play D and D posted on Instagram, got like 1500 likes, a bunch of comments. Everybody's super positive and wonderful about it. I was like, cool, I'm going to share this to Reddit. And oh <laughs> my God, the hate that came from that post. Yeah. And I don't know if it was because it was a picture of me or if it, like, what the hell it was. Like, someone even, like, re-reddited it or whatever. And they, they like, they actually, like, posted it. And then they put, like, my caption with, like, the, like, where it goes, like, capital letter, uncapital letter, like, totally making fun of me, like, dude and he he, and it wasn't in like the rd and d it was in like another smaller whatever uh subreddit and like i was just blown away i like 
the dude even commented on it and like I responded back really respectfully and uh, he's like next time you think about putting out half-assed tips think twice and don't put your ugly face on it and I was like first of all I'm sorry uh, this was just a helpful post I posted it to my Instagram page and people liked it I thought the red, this Reddit community might like it as well Holy and then shit. I can't remember what he responded with, but I remember after that he did the the reposts and like totally just ripped me apart. Yeah, he memed like, man, it's like this dude is not having a good day. That see, that's the thing, man. That's that's the type of attitude, and it's in every community. But like we've been, you know, I I, I could say this like I've been a proud nerd for a very long time, and that's the type of attitude that's like that makes other people in society think, yeah, these people are weird. These people are assholes and people within the community, like you have that. And, 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 and it's just, damn, I didn't, I didn't know that far. I know that you were, I, I remember we texted about that and talking about the Reddit community that like, yeah. man, it needs, it needs some love or it needs to chill. I did not and know like, that extent. Yeah. yeah. I'm always super careful with what I put on there now. Like even sometimes like I'll get inspiration for a, a magic item or something from uh, like somebody else or, you know, like a picture that someone shared mm-hmm. and um, like usually like it's ins- like it starts as inspiration and I'll kind of make it my own. And then uh, like Reddit, there's something about Reddit because they just like to share the magic items to there. Like they will pull like a post from way over like somewhere else or something that's like very loosely related like not even where i got the inspiration from like you stole this from this post it's like just because it uses this, one of the same words it's like does not mean that that's been ripped off and yeah. tim and i bonus actually we've talked about this a couple times too like you always in like twitter reddit whatever there's always mm-hmm. somebody like looking for that aha i got you you're a fraud for sure it's you're it's fun. I, you know, I never thought of it like that. But yeah, I would agree. It's, they always look for something to pick at and to prove you wrong to prove that you're a a sham, essentially. Right. And I personally don't really think that builds the community. You, You know, there's that saying that I know that when we first got to know each other, and we clicked because there was that saying that all ships rise together that you mentioned that your mentor, I believe, spoke to you about. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think I, I, I hold true to that because when you're succeeding, everyone succeeds. When I'm succeeding, you're succeeding, you know, vice versa. Yeah. And it, it's a really, it's, you know, that type of commenting or that type of negativity in the community is really where the people who actually preach and say, yeah, there is toxic toxicity in the community that like, that's an example of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I think it just all goes, you know, back to what you said, is just having empathy and realizing that if someone's going to leave such a hateful comment or, you know, if they're going to take the time out of their day and their yeah. precious life to roast you, yeah. then they're coming from a dark place. And yeah. you should not be mad at them by any means. And you should just empathize with them. And that's the biggest thing that you can do. Yeah. And, you know, I, I heard it once said that, like, we're called to be empathetic and compassionate. Like, as humans, we are, as a community and as a society, we're really called to be those things. And it's the simple things that help, that would actually, if applied correctly, would solve a lot of the problems that, that are going on in the world. 
Um, but you know, with all that being said, like, I do kind of want to shift it to a little bit of a lighter tone just because like it, you know, sometimes like I, I feel, especially with everything going on in the world, man, like, you know, there's a lot of great things and there's a lot of great people doing amazing things. And especially in the community, I think we are probably one of the most, like I said before, we were very inclusive of one another and whatnot. But as we know, you've been playing from 3.5 and, and whatnot. You've seen a lot of change happen. You've seen a lot of change, not only in the mechanics of the game, right? Because we know that like, you know, three, third edition 3.5, all that good stuff was like very tactical, very strategic, very ch game kind of chunky to say the, uh, to say the least versus fifth edition. That's very role play and story based. How do you see that change? Um, you know, yeah, it's just a game. We can, people can say that. But when I interpret that, I say, I think to myself, well, this transformed from just being a tabletop game to now being a way where people can create and express themselves. Like, what do you think about that? Have you seen those type of um, same instances as well? So I might not answer your question the way that you want me to. No, go um, for it, dude. Go for it. So... And I think I know where this question stems from. Um, at the end of the day, if you're having fun with it, then that's all that matters. Uh -huh. uh, if you know, if you like more of like the AD and D uh, type style of play, like I know Stephen Cork does, you had on, um, like the kind of like hack and slash, you real brutal, like oh, what's that? You rolled a, a, a thirteen. Well, you needed a fourteen. You are now dead. Yeah, um, yeah. That kind of attitude towards uh, D and D. I think that's great. Like, that's also awesome. You know, if uh, it all is dependent upon what your personal interests are. So if you do like more of the, the role playing uh, storytelling aspect of it, then great. Awesome. I do think that there are, I don't want to say there's more benefits to that because teach their own. You, you can do whatever you want. Um, but I do think that getting yourself involved into a character and, you know, having a backstory and feeling those emotions. Uh, I do think that that is incredibly important. Um, I agree. It kind of it, it gives you this creativity and this like almost excitement um, of being an actor and you know not being yourself for you know those three precious hours or four precious hours that you're playing a game. Mm -hmm. I think it is super healthy. Um, I, I think it, I think actually there's more of a benefit to it than we even realize. You yeah, know what I mean like there's we there's not a lot of hard data at the moment, but I mean there are people doing research and, and, and I, I've spoken to them and they've seen positive, a lot of positive benefits to just tabletop gaming. But, you know, to your point, point, you know, I really think that um, there is a benefit to that. Yeah. Um, and, and I believe that in, in our society, I, I don't know. And I don't know what you think about this because, you know, we both have similar, um, we've had similar career paths. And we've seen how it's helped us in our career paths, right? Being able to um, take a moment to, and again, every player dungeon master knows this feeling of, oh, I've planned this thing out, but now the party or life, whatever, is taking me this route. So now I got to improvise on it and I got to, you know, kind of pull from that. I think that though, that's one of the many benefits of tabletop gaming, but specifically like, fifth edition right fifth edition teaches you without even teaching you how to improvise 
how to become something that maybe you're not. But in reality, because you're acting brave or whatever, like it's reflecting who you are internally, whether you believe it or not, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I would 100% agree. And I don't, like I said, I don't know, you know, we've, we've spoken about it before about the industry being a really big industry. I mean, $7.2 billion industry with uh, an increase of 5.8 or something like that billion dollars in 2024. So it's going to be about a 15, 16, you know, well, no, 12 to 12 to $15 billion industry in the next couple of years. Right. A lot of cheese. Yeah. A lot, a lot. And I mean, it's a, it's tabletop. No one would think, Oh, tabletop. It's just some whatever. But I feel that, and and we know a lot of friends who do this too. I feel that the industry is growing in such a way, but it's almost growing in the right way. If that makes sense. It's growing for the right reasons. Like people are authentically getting into D&D and they're able to apply it in their, you know, in their outside of game lifestyle. Because I know for myself, like I've been able to apply these things as well. Um, I mean, I don't know what you think about that. And I really don't, I'd really love to pick your brain on that. And and, and as well as give this, you know, give the audience value. Because again, um, we come from a different aspect, both career and and you know, socially and whatnot. Love to hear that opinion of yours. Sure. So the opinion on, uh, on what exactly? Sorry. Well, specifically like, you know, when you're going into like, you're, you know, you're going into this mindset when you're playing D and D and you're thinking, okay, like I, I have to do this one thing I have, I'm going in and I'm playing this game and now, you know, I'm taking it into, um, you know, I can take this into my other aspects of life, right? So for example, I've talked about this on the show before that I, you know, in my career, in my day-to-day job, I'll say, like I've taken aspects of D&D into my life, right? I've taken that ability to, you know, not only be inclusive to other people and, but also to be able to think a certain way, to be creative, to think outside the box. And, you know, I feel, and the reason I mentioned the business aspects is because, maybe there's someone in the audience right now that's listening to this that wants to start uh, a content creation page or a business around this or whatever it may be. But it's like, they feel that they don't, you know, that they're not worthy enough. They feel like they're not smart enough. They feel like, well, I don't even have experience in this. So, you know, my opinion has always been to just do it. Maybe it's because of my background. Maybe it's because of my personality, but I always like to say, just do it, just go for it. You know, think of it like your your think of it like your game session where, you know, if your character, you know, your and again, this is my opinion. I don't second guess things when I'm playing D and just say no. I'm gonna go pick that lock. You know what I'm saying? Like, but in real life, we're like, huh? I'm gonna contemplate on this and do. You know, I'm gonna be really methodical, which is not a bad thing, but it almost hinders us. So, you know, my thesis, I guess, I want to say. And I know I'm a little bit long winded, but my thesis is like, how can we, and I think we should apply our, the, what we've learned in D and D and stuff like that to our, to our lifestyles, to our careers, to just our, you know, personal lives. Like, I think we can do that. It's just actually taking the step to do that. And again, that's why I want to, I'd love to hear your opinion on it because it's just something I've been working on, something I've been kind of thinking and mulling over. So I think the number one thing that you can do, um, 
and you know, there's a, a million ways you can transfer, you know, DNA mm -hmm. to your work life, personal life, whatever. But I think the number one important thing is what is DNA? It's a collaborative mm -hmm. storytelling game. Yeah. So in order to do anything collaborative with other people, that is going to involve communication. Mm -hmm. So I think the number one thing that you can take from D&D, um, and I always like to go back to this, uh, the, the Enneagram, if you're familiar with that, basically. Mm -hmm. No, I'm, I'm not actually. Do you mind explaining a little? Yeah. So the, I am not the person to ask like what exactly it is. We no, did like good. a you're workshop good. for work and it was amazing. It was revolutionary. It changed the way that I look at relationships with anybody. Um, okay. So highly recommend. There's a guy, I cannot remember what the heck his name is. Uh, he's an older gentleman. He wears glasses, white hair, um, brilliant mm -hmm. dude. I can't think of his name. Um, okay. He's kind of like the, he's not the, the founder of the Enneagram, but he is a very good uh, educator for it. Okay. So um, essentially what it is in a nutshell is people can be divided down into eight different types and going, okay. not going too far into it. Uh, there's eight very broad, but um, broad and diverse types of people. Uh, but each one of them is connected mathematically somehow and in some way, shape, or form. So if you can identify with a certain Enneagram, and everybody does, it's kind of like a personality test that's super in-depth, um, then you can realize where you go to when you're stressed out. You can reala realize where you go to whenever you're happy. Um, and it kind of takes that and puts a quantitative value on what you can do whenever certain circumstances arise. Um, so not only is it number one, very good in a self-reflective standpoint, but also recognizing other people. So yeah. Brian, if I know that you're an Enneagram type, uh, type three, which is like, I'm going to, you're an achiever, you're, you know, you're business entrepreneurs, you're super high performing individuals. Then whenever you're stressed out, I can know from the Enneagram, where you go and what headspace you get into. And by recognizing that I can learn better to how to communicate to you, to talk you off the ledge, so to speak, or yeah. just communicate with you in a way that's going to be the most productive instead of not productive for making the problem. Gotcha. So in a very brief nutshell, that's kind of what it is. So applying this to your players is, um, or looking at this from like a DD standpoint, and I can apply this to your players is, recognizing what excites you know joe or mm. what makes natalia tick or how can i make this modify this combat slightly so that alan is super invested mm. um i was pointing to like the spots my players sit in no uh, you're good you're good recognizing those things and realizing that you can hit of course every combat and every encounter is not going to be for everybody but for sure. you can put small elements into everything that will tickle or scratch that itch, tickle that fancy for each one of those players. Hmm. So recognizing those things at the table is huge in you know, communication, but also in your work life. You know, yeah. Susie is, uh, is super stressed out because her, her workload's way too much. Okay, what can you do to con either A, console Susie to make her feel a bit better, or B, to help her in a manner that she feels like you're not encroaching on her workload and trying to take her job? For sure. Um, and it's that right there is, I think, the biggest thing you can transfer from D&D &D to workspace to personal life. You can do the same thing with your spouse, with your girlfriend, yeah. your significant other, uh, whatever. Uh, but recognizing 
who each person is. And then what, what that was an Enneagram is what you. Yeah, en uh, Enneagram. I think it's like E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. Uh, once again, Anthony from Investigation Check is a good person to ask about that. I'll check. Um, I'll, I'll talk to him about it. It just, it's funny, man. That seems like you're almost like creating stats. You know what I mean? Like you're creating, on. you're creating stats and you know, it, it, it really clicked because when you know the stats of the, of your other players, you know, your party, what they're good at, what they're strong, you know, what they're strong, what they're weak, whatever it may be, you can build a better party. You can build a better group. And I feel like it's that you can carry that easily into your personal life. When you know how people tick, like you said, when you know how people think, what makes them, you know, the interdependency of society, you know how to communicate with them and talk to them. And that's kind of something, that's the sword I will die on in the regards of, I want people to know if they're entering this hobby or if they, or if they're like an OG that you can easily take this into different facets of your life. And I know for myself, like with, you know, with fifth edition specifically, I feel like that has made it more, um, more present in my life. Like I'm not knocking 3.5. I love 3.5, but I didn't feel that. Well, as nobody much. loved 3.5. Actually, nobody loved 4th edition. No. 3.5 was decent. 3.5 was decent. 4th edition felt like... That was just harsh. Yeah. I'm not going to... You know, for the folks out there who are listening, I don't know... A lot of good art. A lot of great art. That's actually what's inspired. I want... You know, when I when Project Terracona is finalized, I, want, I love that art style. I want to pay you know, homage to it. But dude, fourth edition was, I don't know, man. I would, I kind of put that in the back of, I mean, I'm not the type of person to say, well, fourth edition, it, you know, I'm going to burn all my books. I'm going to, no, I, I like the artwork and I like some of the stuff, but I feel like fourth edition, and again, going back to that change, was almost like that big whoops. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was the big whoops within the community. Um and with fit, I think honestly, fifth edition, I, I don't know about you, but I think fifth edition actually is kind of like that. We're there. We have a good balance. Yeah, I would agree. Um, it definitely made it much more, it, it lowered the barrier to entry uh, and made it 100%. It, it took it from like a, what in the hell is this complex game to, yep. oh, I can do this. Yeah, I mean, and do look at D and D Beyond. I we there's no endorsement or sponsorship here. I'm just I'm quite literally yeah. saying, yeah, yeah, exactly. D and D Beyond. I've been able to make a character in 30 minutes. Just it's easy because of that entry level. You can yeah. you pretty much can, and with the use of technology, you can go in and say, okay, I want to I'm going to build this character really easy so that I can build this backstory. And as a dungeon master yourself, dude. Um, actually, this kind of leads to one of my other questions about backstories. Um, I've, I've actually asked uh, Matt the Pickle Dragon, friend of ours. We actually, I think, again, I met Matt through you, man. So it was, you know. Wait, I got to do an endorsement. I got to do an endorsement. Hold on. All right, go for it. Go for it. Matt the Pickle Dragon had just oh, come out with yes. the Prison of Cost. So, guys, if you're listening right now, go check it out. It's on Amazon. It's on, I think it's on Drive-Thru RPG, but there. It is, it, yeah. So, whenever I read through this, um, first and foremost, Matt is a phenomenal writer. Yes. Um, the, like, 
straight up honest, blunt feedback. This is just a little review. The, the beginning part, there's like a lot of lore and uh, history behind it. You can tell that Matt had worked really hard on this. Um, and it's a beautiful story. Um, but like, if you're like me and you buy a supplement, you're probably not gonna run it exactly like the supplement. So some of the lore, because you have your own lore, your own background, you know, like your For own sure. territory and stuff. Um, but so it kind of can be just like, a, oh, this is really cool and interesting, it's a good story. Uh, but like, I already have my own ideas for this. Where the magic at is in this is each of the rooms or each of like the plot points or the way that this is written. Um, it's just like the ideas that he has for uh, like when you walk into a room or, um, you know, an NPC that has like a very specific uh, motive. Um, it's like each room to the next is it's not a dungeon crawl. They're not similar. It's like a mm. different thing every time you're just like, how the hell is he coming up with this stuff? So highly recommend this book, uh, even if you use it for like an like an idea uh, or anything like that. Like I, I read through it actually last night before uh, our session, and I just like I was kind of mad at myself because I wanted to immediately like incorporate all these other quest lines and stuff. But uh, yeah, definitely recommend. Matt's that. a beast. Matt is a he is again, and you know at the time of this recording, he he's been on the podcast, and dude, he's like. He is the type of writer, same thing with Ke like Kelsey from the Arcane Library, like when they collaborate on the lexicon, on the monsters lexicon, holy crap, dude. That was like, my mind was blown. And I, you know, I consider myself someone who's thirsty for knowledge. And yeah. well, I probably shouldn't say thirsty in today's day and age, thirsty. but <laughs> yeah, um, as I, well, I was going to say a joke. I won't, I'll keep, I'll keep, <laughs> I'll, I'll keep this, you know, decent, um, Peace. But yeah, exactly. Plus my mother is probably listening. So, Hey mom. Uh, <laughs> but like the, the thing is, is that like Matt, Kelsey, all these writers are, they blow my mind. Not because yeah. I, I doubted them. It's because they made me look at things in a different way. Right. And, and as fellow dungeon masters, as fellow world builders and content creators, lore masters, whatever you want to call it, it's really nice to have that material from other people where you're like, damn, that inspired me, yeah. you know, yeah. like, and I don't know how, and again, something that we've spoken about too is like D and D prep. Like I think, and then in the community out there, we, you know, dungeon masters, game masters prep a lot, but I feel like people like Matt, I don't, you know, speaking about his supplement and shamelessly plugging him, I don't know how long he preps because I feel like he's built this entire world where he can just kind of like a bookshelf, right? You could just take that little idea, plop it into your world and you're good. That is insane. We could literally Skype him into this call right now and have him dungeon master for us. And he would just blow our minds. Yeah. 100%, which that's actually a good show idea. Actually it is. I mean, Hey man, just remember when, just remember where you thought about it and, yeah. and include me. I gotta write That's that down. All. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hell, dude, that would be actually, that would be really speaking about that. That would be a dope ass idea to just get random dungeon masters and be like, Hey, you're running a game now. Yeah. I could just imagine they're like in the middle it's of the like meeting. a 60 minute session. Dude. Yeah. Like, that, and actually ooh. that, that makes me think of something on the top, like, with that kind of with that idea like should a dungeon master be able to go like that is yeah. that like a level of 
like that you should be, you should kind of have that, not personality. I don't want to offend anyone, but you should kind of be ready to go whenever. I don't think that should be an expectation, but I think that should definitely be a goal. Um, okay. And just being able to think on your feet and, uh, and being okay with it too. You know, not mm. having anxiety about it and just uh, being confident in yourself and the people that you're playing with and realizing that it's all about having fun. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're doing a D&D game with My Little Pony or, you know, if that's the plot line, it could, it could still be great. So sure, yeah, everybody should be able to, uh, if not, um, if you don't have the confidence, you should at least just be willing to try. Yeah. Dude, I feel like I'm going to get a call from you like next week and be like Dungeon Master right now, bro. Ryan, you have 30 minutes to prepare. <laughs> I mean, listen, that that gives me enough time to bust out all my minis. Actually, not really. I have a lot. I'm ashamed. (laughs) Actually, I'm not ashamed. I'm very proud of my collection. How many minis do you think you got? Oh, shit. (laughs) Do you buy them by the boosters or do you buy them by the singles? Ooh, no, I do not. Okay, so I'm a hybrid. I do, I I like to, so I like to bust open blind boxes. And, And dude, they're so fun. Because it's like, I don't know if you, I don't know if you, as a kid, if you remember like just that feeling, I don't know, you collected Pokemon cards or like magic. Yeah. Not yeah. Magic. Yeah, dude. Um, oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Send someone's ass to the shadow realm, bro. I get you. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, I, I remember just cracking open a pack. Right. And that nostalgia of what am I going to get? Yeah. And just being in that experience of like my friends as, you know, Especially because you just have all energy cards. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, just be like, that's just bullshit. Flipping <laughs> a table. I mean, I, I remember as a kid, like when Pokemon really came out and I, I forget what, I was in elementary school, middle school kind of, but dude, it was like, I remember all my friends just gathering over our shoulders, looking at it to see what we got. Same thing with like D&D blind boxes to this day, like at the, at my game store, um, shout out to Parker Banner, Kent Wayne. We're like that. We're like, dude, what'd you get? What'd you get? Yeah. So I like that excitement, but some of the unpainted miniatures, like the Nullzor's miniatures, um, the Reaper bones, the newer ones, I think the Reaper bones black or something like that. They're really good. And you know what you're getting and it's a good price point, but it's kind of detailed. So I like cracking that open. I mean, I like going into and exploring different packs, like different yeah. gaming systems, because I get a game and I get miniatures. So with all that being said, I probably have at minimum like 800. 800. Wow, that's a Min- lot. Dude, but think about it. Like, look at uh, the game D&D on Instagram, the, the Canadian group that's been playing for like 38 years. Yeah. They have like 30,000 miniatures. Insane. On the topic of miniatures... I got to give a huge shout out to uh, my boy over at Mini Painty. He is actually painting up a mini. He just finished and it's shipping on its way here right now. Nice. Definitely show it off. Uh, but he painted it up for me, did a crazy job. And then also Courtney over at Figuratively Speaking Miniatures. Yes. Uh, she is doing a, ball- a baler for me right now. And oh my gosh, I'm so excited. She Dude, just, she's badass, man. She is. That girl, I have no idea how the hell she paints so much and pumps out so many minis but she's phenomenal so Dude, when i paint when i paint it looks like a third grader 
like just it, swishing paint. Back. Did you not see my little phallic dicks? Like, come on, that's terrible. <laughs> like, I, yeah, you're telling me I suck ass at painting. Dude, no, I still but, do it because it's fun, but no, dude, that's hilarious, dude. Like, and honestly, like that's better than I like. I was painting a dwarf wizard, and the cape looked cool, but then the rest of it looked like shit. I was like, damn, I like just, I just dishonored this figure. Like, this is horrible. I'll put that one in the bottom of the bin. Yep. Or I'm just going to blame it on like, oh, it's my nephew. Uh, I mean, that's whenever you, uh, you just like throw some blood effects on it. You take the little exacto knife to it, cut it up a little bit, throw some green stuff on there and say, no, he's a mutilated guy. That's all. Smart idea. Modern problems require modern solutions. Exactly. This is no, and I mean, do, and actually, what do you think about with um? Do you collect? Do you, well, do you purchase or do you kind of like hodgepodge your midgy? Like, how do you like? Do you collect or is it like more of a storage thing yes. that you're like? Yeah, I collect everything. Uh, not everything. I keep it to uh, terrain and okay. minis. So I don't do a whole lot of other stuff. But uh, yeah, I got a pretty unhealthy miniature addiction and uh, and also an unhealthy terrain addiction. That's where you get in trouble with the Dwarven Forge stuff. Dude, yeah. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a hobby. I love it because it's it's like you're a big kid playing with Legos again. Yeah, but, um, same. It's, uh, it's also like, you know, I'll have a cart full of minis for miniature markers. I mean, I'll think to myself, do I really need to spend $150 on minis right now? Yeah, dude, hell yeah. Yep, I do. Click. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm not a dice goblin. I'll be honest no. with you. No. I do have some dice from Jason. Shout out to Critical Dice. Um, and I have a lovely dice bag that was made for me. Um, it was It's the map of Westeros from Game of Thrones. Oh, sick. Beautiful. Yeah. Love it. And I have dice. I got a pound of dice. Like, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll buy it. You know, just to have multiples, give it out to players. I'm kind of like... My players are, dude. My players are like always sunny in Philadelphia. Like that is yeah. the, that that is the 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 shit games that we play, and we love it. Nice. But they always forget dice. They always forget that. That's the why only, I kept it. The only dice that I collect. Oh, the only dice that I collect is uh like is red dice like this. Uh huh. So and then what I do. This is actually from my where my player was sitting last night. Is uh, I keep a jar like this and this is actually full all these other dice are gone because we gave out inspiration but basically these are inspiration dice and at the end of every session i have my players reward each other for cool things that they did oh sweet so uh the bard of the party this is his dice for next session he did very well last night um but basically like as we go through the evening like they grant inspiration to each other so that they can use them in game that's a Uh, really cool rule dude i like that yeah, I, I love doing it because, uh, number one, people always like to be given stuff. So, like, as you're handing out the dice, it's kind of fun. Then, obviously, when they use it, they just put it back in the jar. For sure. Um, but also, it can kind of, like, highlight and recap after a session for those cool heroic deeds. And then usually at the beginning of the session, be like, all right, everybody's got their inspiration dice. And then sometimes we'll, we'll uh, you know, recall things. Um, so, you're, yeah. so you're not – so you are actively – allowing players to give you know one another inspiration dice and you're giving that as well correct yeah usually like if there's something that like they don't think of or something like i'll try to make notes um about it like just so like if people do cool stuff in the course of the session i'll like remind them or usually other people bring it up um but what i really like about it is that it 
number one, it, it allows you to kind of reflect on the session after the session's over, which is always kind of cool. It, yeah. It takes like 10 minutes after the session. Uh, the other thing that I really like about it is that as a DM, it gives you a little bit more license to be a little bit more, not aggressive, but throw more difficult things at your players. Yeah, because, for sure. Because, you know, if they're having a, a shitty roll night, but they have a bunch of inspiration dice, then, you know, that can turn a potentially catastrophic situation into a, you know, doable, a manageable situation with the inspiration dice. See, so. that's where that um, endless bag of dice by Critical Dice would be a really great investment. Just saying. Well, so for me, I, it's all, it's only red dice. Ooh, yeah. So, well, for, yeah, uh, maybe for other people in the audience, they don't care what type, what color dice. But I, I like the color coordination because that kind of, in my mind, I'd think, okay, red dice means inspiration. You know, now I can keep that set. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it would yeah. help me in my mind. Yeah, and the other thing, too, about it is, um, like, it keeps them separate from, like, their dice. Exactly. Obviously. So they know like, okay, you know, the little D6s are, are, are basically like any of the red dice are the inspiration ones. Yeah, and it's yours. Like it's, it's your dice that you, you know, now you can say, okay, I have my little dice set that I use for my character. Cause obviously like there's some really beautiful dice companies out there. Again, shout out to Critical Dice, but also there's a lot of handmade dice that are just like, just absolutely phenomenal. And yeah. the dice, like I don't, I'm not really, like I said, I'm not a dice goblin. But I can see where you're coming from. Like you have this one thing, this visual, right? And and something we've talked about before, um, visual aids in D and D. That's why I love minis and terrain. It does make you feel like building Legos again. But it also it's like you can actually say, oh, I move, you know, thirty feet to the wall and immediately hide or something like that. Like yeah. when you have that mini. It's a representation of yourself, but you can actually see the more tactical aspect of the game. Yeah. But that's what I tell myself so that I can, you know, justify collecting large. Exactly. Stuff. Exactly. And um, the other <laughs> cool thing about like terrain and minis and stuff too, is that it takes out that gray subjectivity, like that gray area of subjectivity. Mm, yeah. So, uh, you know, if it's like, oh, you're not quite short enough. Well, screw you, DM. Am I really not? Or are you just mad at me because I killed your, your demon too early? You know, it's it's like, no, your movement's 35 feet here on the map. That's as far as you can get. So it kind of takes away that um, any potential for, uh, I don't, I don't want to get, I don't say resentment, but it takes out that, um, that uncertainty. Okay. I understand that. And, and I feel like that's kind of the, there's a lot of gray area or there can be a lot of gray area um, within the game where you're just like, okay, how do I even, you know, if, if, if the dungeon master, the game master is seen as the final judge of a rule, right? Or of a position or of, of something like that. It helps at least to have more data to kind of support the, well, actually like this person, you know, can actually take partial coverage because maybe they're a gnome or something. They're playing as a gnome hiding behind like a giant. I don't know, whatever the, the situation may be. And I, I think that's where it helped. Those visual aids help more. And we have a mutual friend, Ray, got DM. Shout out to him. Who, Ray. Dude, he makes the, some of the most badass terrain that I've seen. Oh, he, uh, he sent me some scatter terrain. Uh, him and Tristan from Plus One Trap Crafting. Oh, nice. I shit you not, I literally use their stuff almost every session. And uh, what is it? is it foam or is it... Yeah, it's XPS foam, okay, and okay. like if you look at it, you wouldn't 
think that it is. That's why uh, I asked because you sent, you shot, you showed or shared a picture on uh, Instagram, and I was like, "What the hell? How did yeah. that ship? That must have been heavy." <laughs> he, man, Ray, he's probably like one of the most gracious, kind, loving, uh, just all around wonderful people in the community. Yes. Uh, because I was completely blown away. I had asked him advice for how to do something and he gave me the advice. And then, and the next thing I know, he's sending me a picture. He's like, these are on the mail for like the next day, he sends me a picture of this stuff that he built. And he's like, it's on the way. It's like, damn. What? And then of course I get it. And then like, you see, it's like looking at like a fifth graders, like finger painting and then looking <laughs> at like a Raphael or something. It's like, ah, I'm just going to put that away and use race yeah just put it you know it, it <laughs> i hear you dude like and, and that's one thing that i don't even know the storage space i have to ask him that like how he stores everything because i just feel like you as you build and you're so creative like him like he's such a creative mind that he's just gonna build 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 and build he gives away a lot of stuff really yeah he gives away a lot of stuff and i know he's got a pretty gnarly workshop at his house yeah i, I have I, I have seen that it is yeah. pretty dope. He's so he has so many like unpainted miniatures that he actually has like the corkboard thing that he hangs yep. them up on. Like I was just gonna say, I was like, he can run his own store out of his out of his workshop. Oh, literally, literally. Like, and you know, someone like that in the community, I'm just like, damn, that's so cool um, to have that because again, I mean, we we were talking about the incarnate uh, Reddit community earlier, how like they're so welcoming, but they're also very constructive in the and they're like critiquing that's not negative so they're like oh like i had an interaction i don't i actually have i don't even remember the username because i, I would have shouted it out they i shared a map and the response was quite literally this is so cool let i would add this and it would be perfect but that's just me that's how that was the comment very simple and i was like damn that's really cool like you know what we were talking about earlier ray's like that too like a lot of people, but Ray, I've noticed, he's like, bro, that's really cool. Do this, 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 and that, and you'll see the difference. And he's been helping me out with building terrain. But like I said, dude, I, I'm like a fifth grader. Like it's bad. Like yeah. it's really bad. I'm not going to lie, dude. I, I don't even nah, share bro. pictures. Cause I'm like, I'm not even proud of that. Nah, man, you got to just let that freak flag fly. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I, I do let it fly in other areas. That's very, I mean, so like with like my minis and stuff like with, I mean, with the stuff that I come out with and I mean, hell dude, like, like, you know, that's probably one of the, the best parts about being a DM is the world building for me yeah. at least. And I yeah. think like, and I, I would have to say this about you, dude, like I can see your world building in your terrain and in all the like magic items that you create. Like I commend the shit out of it, bro. Thanks bro. I, uh, yeah, it's, if there's something really cool and that's, that's like, that's just, it is that I am not, I, so a while back, I'd say like maybe past few months, not recently, but a few months before that, like during quarantine when we weren't playing D and D, uh, I wasn't posting a lot of content and it was largely because I wasn't playing D and D and I didn't have the inspiration yeah. and like, Although I make a lot of these posts and share a lot of this content, like I cannot take any credit for it because it's all from my players or all cool. from like things that they've done that have inspired that. So it's, and that's, that's really where it all comes from. Now, how many players do you run though? I don't, I don't think I've ever asked you that. 
So right now we have uh, usually six. Uh, okay. It's been six pretty much forever for the most part. Um, I don't like playing with six people. I, I really dislike it actually. Um, Why so? If you don't mind me asking. It's, it gets a bit convoluted um, hmm. and it's, I like to keep momentum and okay. pace and everything. And yep. sometimes I can slow things down. Uh, I got you now. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a good, it's a good problem to have because I have six very invested players uh, and That's each really is invested good. in their own way. Uh, it's nothing like, it's not that I like hate one player or dislike any of them. It's just that uh, I like things to be, you know, really fluid and yes. uh, sometimes like, you know, catering to each person that can just take a little bit of time and, you know, um, you can just get a bit distorted in it. Uh, it's interesting though, because it, it takes all types. So right now, two of our players are playing remotely and we hmm. Skype them in. It's just kind of um, the logistical thing that we do. We have like the laptop there and I set up another camera. And um, it's interesting because it's still like the same vibe of like, you know, having that, that they're actually here at the table. Um, but uh, one of them that is Skyping in, he's very quiet and he doesn't, um, not that he doesn't do a whole lot during the session, but he, he speaks whenever he has value to add. And if, you know, an outsider would look at that as like, oh, he's totally tuned out. Yeah. Absolutely not. You can ask this guy any detail about anything that's happened and he has a, a perfect recollection, detailed notes of what happened. Mm. So, and like, it's perfect because he, uh, you know, where it, I don't want to have six players. Like he kind of fills that, that, that he kind of justifies having that sixth man because like, he doesn't require a lot of attention from me. Um, he doesn't, you know, take away from anybody else or still anybody else's thunder. Um, but whenever he's needed, like he is that, that dude that you look to for that answer. He's and, that anchor. Yeah. A player. And, so it really kind of balances out. But personally, I don't. I would go with five. I think that's a good. I think that's a good number. I personally DM for three. Um, well, at the moment, at quarantine has kind of messed everything up. Um, we probably ha we haven't been able to play in a in a while just because a lot of them, like one of my players, his wife is in the medical field, so he's trying to be prudent and say, no, guys, like I can't. I don't want to go in person because I don't want to expose any of you if anything right. happens, you know, and trying to Skype in or Google the, or, you know, Google Hangouts, Zoom, whatever you want to use for us, because this is our escape and we're always on Skype. We're always on, I mean, we're yeah. on discord because we like a lot of the guys, we're not only a D and D gaming group, we are a gaming group, right? So yeah. we play, they play apex legends. I just watch because I don't have, the money to invest in another vice i uh, yeah i can't dude i i it's like world of warcraft i love it i love the concept but if i would to were to heavily invest in it Lucious. you would yeah i would dude you wouldn't see me i would have yeah, like, the same way i have a, i'd have a moses beard by now like that would yeah. i mean it, it's just it, that's just my personality so i choose not to do those things but Perfect. um i feel like three, four, five players. And I commend you for like six players, dude. Cause like you said, I think it only works when you have that type of uh, not interaction, but when you have that cohesion, right. Kind of that yeah. unit cohesion that you guys, cause it's, so I'm assuming, so it's six players and you as the DM. So it's seven. Correct. people. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, seven so yeah. people. 
yeah, you're running, you have a seven person gaming group. Like that's huge. Yeah. And I'm super grateful for it. I, uh, I literally could not ask for a better group. I wish they might pick a little bit more diversity for everything. Uh, cause oh, really? they're all melee characters, but they, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a fun group to be with. Now, have, have you been playing with them? You said you, you were playing Storm King's Thunder. Um, were you playing other homebrew things before then? Or was this kind of the first game or thing that you all played together? Um, so <clears throat> this, is, this campaign's actually been ongoing for about two years now. Okay. When I say we've been running Storm King's Thunder, it's very loose. Yeah, yeah, for Thunder. sure. It's kind of like the main premise of King Hecaton and Eomrith and, and all that stuff. Uh, the dog. I just love the dog and he's crying. No, um, it's okay. Puppers are always welcome on the podcast. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but it has been a lot of homebrew and um, backstory stuff because that's the stuff that they like is that kind of ties into their backstory and uh, yeah. intertwining their backstories with the plot line of Storm King's Thunder. It's been a lot of fun. Dude, I love, I love that concept, dude. Like, I love the fact that you're doing that. Um, and I know you're doing a couple other things, and I won't take your time, but one thing I wanted to ask about is, do you have any upcoming projects, products, or anything like that that you could talk to us about? Because, again, a lot of, a lot of my audience, you know, I talk about the D&D Coalition a lot. Like, I probably beat that thing down because it has, you know, as you know, like, I, I, I love the things that the D&D Coalition is doing. So could you give us a little bit of insight on what else we might be expecting from you and from the D&D Coalition in the next bit? Yeah, so uh, recently launched a Patreon, still working on getting oh, some more content up there. Um, I'm going to be posting more stuff hopefully this weekend. That's actually on my okay. list today. Um, so any support that I can get there. I actually, uh, I don't know if you knew this or not. Uh, I currently don't really monetize anything as far as the D&D Coalition goes. It's, it's mostly free content. Mm -hmm. um if anything i uh probably spend too much money doing things uh but it's, yeah. it's just because i love it and you know it, it brings me joy so uh, patreon is just a way that i thought that would be the most appropriate for starting to at least cover my expenses for some of the stuff that i do for uh, sure and also provide some exclusive stuff for people um and then also i'm actually about to blast out a email today actually about a little campaign not campaign but um a partnership with Start Playing Games. So startplaying.games uh, is a website that can connect players with DMs. Um, and essentially, and Brian, I want to talk to you about this too. Sure. Uh, I'm looking for, I'm looking to put together like a, a team or a roster of DMs, DMs for the DD Coalition, uh, basically to get paid to DM. Hey so, man, you said DM. I don't even know if I want to get paid. I'll just play. I don't, I mean, of course, like kind of like you, I don't monetize from any of this. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I probably put too much money into it and I justify it because I, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. I might, I mean, I'm going to buy minis. I'm going to buy terrain. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to put my time into building things. Why not share it with the world? And yeah, that, that extra, you know, that Patreon money, that whatever money, Again, and I, and I play off the whole getting paid to DM. It's a serious thing. Um, that's the things that help me do what I continue to do or want to do. And that's a fantastic idea, dude. That's legit. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I, uh, I've been 
working with them over there at Start Plants. www.startplane.games. Start uh, as an S T A R T. Start yep, game. Start plane. Start plane dot games. Oh, start yep. plane. Okay, gotcha. Yep. And I'm going to be doing a uh, a blog post, actually, a blog article that kind of talks about how to get how to start playing D and D tomorrow. Uh, so Sick. yeah, looking forward to it. That's awesome, man. So. Um, so for the folks out there listening, um, they can find you obviously on Instagram, the D and D coalition. Yeah. I know you have a Facebook group, the D and D coalition. You, you, you're, you basically your YouTube, your, all that's the D and D coalition. Yeah. So anything.com um, slash the D and D coalition, no spaces. But I know that on your Instagram uh, channel, you have your link to, um, the website and you also, and that, and that website has a link to the Patreon, correct? Yes. Okay, yep. so probably the best thing to do is first and foremost go to your Instagram, go uh, the yeah. Coalition, and I follow actually, you there. I actually have uh, it's not necessarily a link tree, but if you go on the D and D Coalition thing here, there's mm -hmm. a little thing on the highlights called links, and you can press it and listen to some nice, enjoyable music. While, oh, there you uh, go. Looking at all of the links. Damn, that's legit, dude. It took me way too long to make, but I love it. So, whatever. Make a little dumpster fire there for Twitter. <laughs> I like it. So, that's where you can find all of the links. And I think okay. there's YouTube and also a link to the Coalition Market. Damn, dude. That's um, legit, man. That's some talented shit right there. Feel free to check her out. And the Coalition Market's a really great place to be exposed to other. Um, D and D content creators, but also to get your hands on some cool shit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Feel free to check out. There's a lot of free stuff on there. There's a lot of uh, paid content on there that's actually going to go into uh, supporting other creators. So yeah, definitely uh, give her a look. Well, that's fantastic, man, dude. I appreciate you coming on to the show, coming on and just hanging out, talking. Um, for the folks out there, be sure to subscribe and follow my boy Cameron, the D and D Coalition. That you know, to have to support folks like Cameron is you're, you're doing a lot more than just putting another follow on that Instagram, right? You're actually, what you're doing is that you're building a community. And when you build the community, you're building that space for all of us to feel safe and gain together. Um, so with that being said, Cameron, I appreciate you joining, man. Um, I, I really appreciate the audience listening if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, leave a review because that helps me um, kind of gauge what y'all want to listen to. But as always, folks, until next time, keep gaming.